Boy, when you, hear, when you hear about how long it takes to get a work established in a foreign country, it really helps us uh, realize how blessed we are in America to have fertile soil for the gospel here. Uh, I was in a missions conference this past week and <clears throat> spent a lot of time with a missionary to Germany. And I says, where is Germany as far as the progressivism that we're seeing in America? Uh, where is Germany as far as that is concerned? He said, Germany is where America is heading. He said atheism is just the dominant belief there in Germany, and I know our country is not everything we would like it to be, but boy, we still have a good thing going here in America, and I pray that we'll use all the time and all the opportunity that God's given us to use this fertile soil to make sure we get to see the gospel planted, amen? Get by there and see Miss Sarah's table, get a prayer card, uh, pray for her. I admire her. I love missionaries, don't you? Uh, they're God's people and uh, willing to walk away. I, I told the missionary from Germany, I says, you just go over there and you get lost. He says, well, come over to, uh, to Germany uh, sometime and I'll introduce you to my people in my home. And I love people who are called to go somewhere where they didn't begin because that's where God put it in their heart. Amen. Thank you so much, Miss Sarah, for being here. We appreciate that. And we're going to jump right in. We have stewardship tonight at the end of service. I'm going to try to preach short so we can dismiss everyone and then get into the stewardship portion of our evening. So let's take our Bibles and turn toward the back. First Peter chapter number four. First Peter chapter number four. Let's go ahead and stand when you get there. Glad to have mom back uh, tonight <clears throat> up here on the second row. Amen. Uh, you survive a car crash, you get closer to the Lord. She's moved up here to the second row, and we're glad to have her uh, tonight. I went in to see her when I got home. Uh, I got home about 3 a.m. on Saturday and went to see her on Saturday morning, and of course she was smiling as usual, and I thank the Lord for sparing her, and uh, good to have her back with us tonight. First Peter <clears throat> chapter number 4. And uh, I want you to look down to verse number 8. I'm going to preach something entirely different than I thought I would be preaching tonight, but no doubt this is the Lord sent us. First Peter chapter number 4, and if you would, look down to verse number 8. The Bible says, And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. Now, verse 10 will be our key text for a little while, and I've got this verse marked up in my Bible very much. I've preached out of here many times. I'm going to share something new with you tonight that encouraged me. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any speak, if any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth. That God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom we praise and uh, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you again, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for the wonderful uh, word we've heard from the missionary. Father, the burden that we've heard tonight. Bless Miss Sarah as she goes, and I pray that you'd give her, Lord, her support soon that she could get to the field. Thank you for your word that we might have an opportunity to open it tonight, and I pray that you bless us to be able to preach what you'd have us to. Help us receive and respond to it, for it's in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I did fail to point out this morning, Miss Annalisa, where is she at? Is she back there tonight? I saw She left me some coffee. <clears throat> they are back from uh, the Philippines. Thank the Lord for giving them safety uh, in their travel. Sometimes I don't see everybody that's out there. As I was praying this week, preparing for stewardship tonight, <clears throat> looking through the Word of God at all the different areas where this idea of stewardship is found in the Bible. Obviously, one of the areas I ran into was right there in verse number 10. Well, the Bible speaks about being good stewards of the manifold grace of God. 
I'll be honest with you, when I was studying out stewardship, my heart was heading in the direction, or my mind was heading in the direction of building up and preparing for our stewardship meeting tonight, and the importance of stewardship. But I was not intending on preaching on stewarding this matter of grace. Uh, oftentimes, obviously, stewardship has to deal with finances and resources. And the more I kept trying to tug it to go in that direction, the Lord says, no, I want you to go in this direction. So that's the direction we're going to go with that tonight. Think about all the things you steward or you try to steward, if you will. Uh, right off the top, finances, right? You have to do that because you only have so much of them. But also, when you start thinking about stewarding things, uh, I can't help but think about stewarding uh, our health. Uh, I mentioned this morning, I'm 44, and the older I get, the more I realize it's important to start stewarding your health. Uh, I have too many mothers in this room now. Uh, there's several of you who get on to me about different things and that and the other, and now my daughter has even taken up the mantle of helping dad steward his health and take care of his health. Why should we do that? Well, you have a limited supply. Uh, you only have so much time that God's given you, so we have to steward our health, but then you start looking at time. Oh my goodness, one of the most valuable commodities we all have is our time. And here's the deal about time. We don't know how much we have. I mean, folks go to heaven uh, each and every day of the week at young ages and older ages. And so we have to steward all of those things. But I want you to think about it this way tonight. One of the greatest gifts, if not the greatest gift we've ever been given, is what the Bible speaks of in verse number 10. Where the Bible says, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Now you think about it tonight. The greatest gift you and I have ever received is the gift of the grace of God, correct? Why? For by grace are you saved. It's because of the grace of God that we're saved. It's because of the grace of God we get to serve. It's by the grace of God that we were born in the United States of America, or we are here in the United States of America. That's why we sing it in our song, God shed his grace on thee. Thank God for the privilege of being born in America. You say, well, I don't think this country is all that it's uh, cracked up to be. Just go to another one. Pick any one you want. You might be surprised at just how good we've got it here. But it's all because of grace. But here's what I want to ask you tonight. Here's the burden of the message. Very simple. We steward our finances, our health, and our time. All right? That means we realize we have a limited supply, and so therefore we want to make sure that we have goals for it. Correct? So we have our finances. We'll go over our budget here in just a minute. We have goals for our finances. We know there's a limited supply. Let's make every bit count. We do the same thing for our health. I'm sure you have a bucket list on your life, all right? If not, at least you probably have some things you'd like to do. Uh, maybe you want to go see the Grand Canyon. Maybe you want to go see uh, the Rocky Mountains. Maybe, hey, maybe your bucket list is not too deep and you just want to go, go to Gulfport and, uh, and see the beach down there, see the golf down there. You've got things you want to do with your time. And so you're stewarding it. You have goals for your time. You have goals for your health. Uh, I ran into a lady this week at the place that I was preaching at and uh, she said she's training for a marathon. I said, why? Why do you want to run 20-something miles? You know, you know, maybe get a Rottweiler and you'll motivate me to run uh, a marathon. But to be honest with you, I have no desire to run. Now, if you run a marathon, go for it, all right? Go for it. But you have goals with those limited assets that God's given you, your time, your finances, and your health. Here's the question I want to give to you right quick. What kind of goals do you have for the greatest thing you've ever been given to steward? And that's the grace of God. What are you doing with the grace of God? 
You know what you're doing with your finances. You know what you're doing with your health. You know what you're going to do with your time. But what are you doing with the greatest gift that God has allowed us to steward? Our grace and the grace of God. Tonight, just for a few minutes, I want to speak on the subject of the goals of grace. The goals of grace. I believe tonight God would have us to have some goals for the grace. God's given us grace. It's the greatest asset we have. It's because of grace that we're on our way to heaven. Here's my question tonight. What goals do you have with the grace that God's given you? And I believe right here in this passage, we'll see just a few simple thoughts before we conclude the message tonight. Notice, if you will, let's just jump right in down to verse number 10. The Bible says, as every man hath received the gift. Now you say, well, what kind of a gift is it? Well, keep reading. Even so, minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So the Bible says that you and I have received a wonderful gift, and that gift is the manifold grace of God. And there's no better word to describe it than manifold. Uh, We need to receive a little bit of grace. we got a whole lot of grace. We have the manifold grace of God, grace for salvation, grace for daily living, grace for everything that we could ever need it for. God has given us grace. There's my question. What are you doing with it? What are you doing with it? How are you stewarding the grace? Perhaps you haven't gotten to the first step on the goals of grace tonight. That's verse number 10. The Bible says, as every man hath received the gift. Number one tonight, I want you to notice the realization of grace. The realization of grace. The Bible says, as every man hath received it. Tonight, do we really understand how much grace we've received? Tonight, have you just pondered a moment? I mean, I'm sure uh, my wife, I don't know if she still does a checkbook ledger. I don't even know where she is tonight. She moves around. Oh, there she is right there. She moves around on me. She keeps me on my toes. I remember when we first got married. Uh, we didn't use debit cards a lot. That was dangerous, you know. And so she had that little check ledger. And she'd write down in that check ledger every dollar and every dime that went out. And she'd sit there in the living room figuring it up. And every once in a while, she'd go, yes. I said, what is it? She says, it balanced, oh, I am so sorry, it balanced out. She got all excited about it, got it all balanced out. She kept track of every bit that was there. We keep track of our finances. We keep track of our health. We keep track of our time. But do we really understand and have we realized just how rich we are in the grace of God? You say, what do you mean by that? Well, notice God is prompting us there. He says, as every man hath received. He's wanting us to realize that we have received it and we are basking in the grace of God tonight. Now, just like any good thing, it's very natural to take good things for granted, isn't it? It's very natural to take good things for granted. Uh, It's very natural for us to take the fact that we do live in America for granted. It's very natural for us to take good health for granted. You know, I don't have any, how many folks, you know, they're a little older than I am and they're reminding me, boy, you take care of yourself, take care of your health. I remember my dad as a young man on the job, boy, I wanted to show out and carry those four uh, 16-foot two-by-sixes. And I'm going to tote them on my shoulder. Why? Because I want to show out because I'm full of pride. My dad would tell me, you take care of your back. Take care of your back. Take care of your knees. Why? One day when you're older, you're going to wish you still had them. And then I really realized what he's saying now took it for granted. Do you know one thing I am learning not to take for granted? Peace. Peace. You know, folks that are over 50, you older folks, you know, over 50, 
I would hear things about peace and quiet. I just enjoy peace and quiet. I'm approaching that line. I'm beginning to realize just how valuable peace is. Peace and quiet. My wife said the other day, wouldn't it nice to have a front porch and sit there in a rocking chair? And I'm thinking, oh no, now she's getting old too. <laughs> we take those things for granted, don't we? That man, that God's given us peace. One thing I mentioned the other night when I was preaching, a good friend, I was preaching a missions conference for a good friend. And boy, he's been a good friend to me through the years. And I'm realizing just how blessed having good friends you are. If you have them, you are. These are things we take for granted. But the truth is tonight, all of those things, do you know what all those things are a result of? The grace of God. And God has graced me with good friends. God has graced me with good help. God graces us with peace. God graced us to be born in America. Do we really realize that all that we have and that all that we are is because of the goodness and because of the grace of God? My question is tonight, do you realize that? Somebody complimented me in my eyes one time. Uh, it was a woman. And I thought, ma'am, uh, if you knew my wife, you might step her away if you're complimenting me on my eyes. You know? She says, you have pretty eyes. I says, well, I had nothing to do with it. Think about it. You know, when I was in the womb, I didn't say, yeah, I want uh, whatever the curl they are. No, I had nothing to do with it. And so you know what? Why don't we just give God the glory for whatever it is because it's by grace. You and I had nothing to do with it. That's why it's called grace. The truth of the matter is tonight, all the good things we enjoy is because of the grace of God. Let me give you a quick scripture, 1 Corinthians 15.10. Here's the Apostle Paul. He says, I am the least of the apostles. He understood that. I am the least of the apostles. He says, I'm not even worried, and I'm, uh, worthy, and I'm giving you my paraphrase, okay? I'm not even worthy to carry the name of an apostle. He said, because I persecuted the church, 1 Corinthians 15.9. But then go to verse 10. He says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. So Paul in verse 9 is saying, I am the lowest of the low. I persecuted the church. I don't even deserve to wear the name tag apostle. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And he says that grace was not bestowed in vain. I wonder, how much grace have you and I been given? And right now, it is sitting in vain. That God has bestowed upon us the goodness of health and life and living in America. And He's blessed us with friends. And He's blessed us with peace. And yet that grace sits in vain. Why? Because we're not using it for anything. We're not realizing tonight that I am a steward. A steward of the manifold grace of God. Think about it tonight. You may not like your job, but you got one. Amen. You may not like it. You're thinking, boy, I, I'm dread going to work in the morning. I remember when I was a garbage man. I worked for a garbage company. You know, not a job that uh, you wake up in the morning excited to go to work. Usually because, because some smart aleck is going to fill his 95-gallon can with concrete blocks. And you're going to have to load it up on that truck and dump it. The worst time of the year was deer season. I'd get in the truck. I didn't always ride a truck, but I'd get in the truck every once in a while. And where are we going today? We're going to the deer processors. I wasn't thinking much about grace then. Worst thing in the world. Load all of those deer byproducts, to put it the nice way, in the truck. And that big old arm just comes down, grabs hold of it, begins pulling it back. And all of a sudden, like a thousand squirt guns coming out of the back of that truck all over you. The guys that are used to it, they're used to it. I wasn't used to it. 
I didn't look at my clothes and go, boy, God's been good. Thank God for a job. I didn't want to be there. I stunk. I have a gag reflex. It's horrible, okay? I don't feel very manly about that, but I do. All this colored stuff all over you. Can I tell you something? You may have the worst job in the world, and tomorrow morning you're going to hop on a garbage truck and go pick up the deer processors. But hey, if it's a bad job, it's still a job. And you got it by the grace of God. Tomorrow morning, if God blesses you to be able to wake up, let's not roll out of bed tomorrow morning and moan. Oh, it's another Monday. Let's thank God that we can moan. Thank God for it. I got to go to that job and be around that co-worker who, who, who talks like the devil. Hey, thank God he gave you an opportunity to witness. You see, that's the grace of God. Oftentimes, we're surrounded by it. We are engulfed in the very grace of God in the United States of America. I keep messing that up, guys. I am sorry. That's my big ears. Must be just hanging up on this wire. But hear me out. We've been given grace. Do you realize it? Do you realize it? Are there things to complain about? Absolutely. But I'll tell you, we all bask in the manifold grace of God, and God wants us to realize that. I'm wearing a pen tonight. I wore it at the place I was at this week. It was a friend of mine's church. And uh, his brother died at, at 35 years old. He was a pastor, had five children, and his brother died at, uh, at 35. Brother Aaron and I are mutual friends of him. And this was the uh, theme for his church uh, the year that he passed away without wavering. And uh, somebody said something to me at church uh, the other night uh, about, uh, about being 44. And I said, I'm never going to complain about my age. I said, because I have a friend who never made it to 44. Well, by the grace of God, I have. I may not make it to 45, but thank God I'm able to make it to 44. Do we realize grace is everywhere? It's everywhere. You think about my old car, it's just a piece of junk. You got a car? Hey, why don't you just park it and voluntarily, voluntarily take a bicycle to work? After a while, that old beat up, rusty piece of junk will start looking like a Cadillac. Why? Because you realize, wow, God has been good to me. Do you realize tonight just how good God has been? Can I tell you why this is important? If you don't realize that we've been given the greatest gift and we're stewards of the manifold grace of God, if you don't realize, you're going to start thinking you did it. You'll start thinking you did it. Well, I got here because I worked hard, and I got here because of my family, or I got here because of good this and that. No, listen, we are who we are, as Paul said, by the grace of God. Do we realize that tonight? Number one, notice that our goals for grace, we've got to start off realizing it. Now, why? Verse 10, as every man hath received the gift, here it comes, even so minister the same one to another. Why? Well, number one, you need to realize that we've been given grace because it's true. Number two, he wants you to springboard off the realization to number two, to the responsibility of grace. He says, as we have received it, even so minister the same one to another. He says, listen, grace is not just something we get. I'm thankful when I get grace, aren't you? Isn't it good when God blesses you with grace? By the way, can I just throw this in right quick? Lesson I learned in 2023. Grace is not always a warm and fuzzy feeling. You know, I pray for grace. I'm waiting to get goosebumps. We are far too carnal. We want goosebumps. We are very sensual. God, I just want to feel good. Now, don't get me wrong. I like feeling good. 
Okay? I don't like feeling bad. I want to feel good. And we ask God, God, give me grace. And we think grace is going to make us feel good. Do you know sometimes the grace of God just keeps you going? Sometimes it's the grace of God that just keeps you vertical. And maybe you don't feel good about your situation, but if you're in the situation tonight and you're still alive and you're still vertical, it's all because of the grace of God. Now, what do we do with that grace? What do we do with it? Well, there's a responsibility. The Bible says, even so minister. You see, whatever area of grace that God has given you is now a tool for you to use. Think about it. What area has God graced you with? What area? Some of you have gifts. A lot of times I'll get questioned about gifts. What is my gift? What does God want me to do? What is God's will for my life? I spoke with a young lady this week. I believe God's called her in a mission field. I said, all right, hey, what are your gifts? What does God put on your heart? God has given gifts to all of us through grace. But now it's not just a gift to have. It's a gift to use. What did he say? If we've received it, even so minister. I pick on Brother Dombeck a lot, but I love Brother Dombeck. I appreciate him and, and all that he does. I think he's at the Beams Conference tonight. Oh, there he is. Boy, you came here tonight. What a blessing. You could have been down there hearing those, those big-time preachers, and he's here tonight. Glad to have him. Brother Dombeck has a gift of drawing, does he not? You got to see it the other night. Was anybody else sitting there wondering what that was going to be? Yeah, everything I had was wrong. Every guess I had at what that picture was going to be was entirely wrong. Boy, he's been given a gift. But sometimes we look at the gifts of grace as ours. That's mine. That's mine. No, no, no. He said, if you've received it, even so minister with it. God has given you a tool through what he's graced you with. Look, you may have a gift to sing. All right? I've heard some of you, and you do. I've heard some of you, and you don't. All right? But whatever gift God's given you, use it for him. I'm not going to pick on some of our men tonight, but we have several men in here who are very good mechanics. They have a gift for that. And I'm not going to mention their names so you don't hit them up after church to fix your alternator, okay? But they're very good at what they do. They have a gift for that. You know what they do with it? I know on a regular basis, boy, they are helping folks who have need. They're using the gift that God has graced them with. Can I ask you something tonight? Do you realize that you have a responsibility with the grace that God has given you? You know, when you realize that the gifts you have were given to you to be used. The gifts you have. I've heard some people sing. I've heard some people sing secular music and worldly music and carnal music. And boy, they have the most beautiful voices. Amazing talents. I forget who it was just the other day. We're going down the road and uh, stopped at a gas station. There's music blaring. And man, somebody said, boy, this young lady had just a great voice. I told my wife, I said, they don't have any idea they were given that to use for him. That's why I gave it to him. Whatever your gift is tonight, could I encourage you to do what the Bible says in verse 10, minister with it. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. You know, I've been harping on soul winning a lot, and I think if we're going to harp on anything, that'd be something we ought to harp on. Amen. What do you think about soul winning? Why do we go, well, we're commanded to go. We're commanded to go. Yeah, but you know, I think you ought to go not just out of obligation. Not only are we commanded to go, I think we ought to be compelled to go. Why are we compelled? Number one, because we realize we have received the manifold grace of God. We realize that. 
And then all of a sudden, my goodness, look how God has been to me that He sent His only begotten Son to die for me. Hey, that's the greatest gift I've ever given. I want to make sure I pay that forward and share that grace with someone else. Number one, the realization. Number two, the responsibility. Finally, I'll give you this. Man, time has flown by us having fun. Uh, amen. Brother Richard, are you amening because I'm done or amening because it's true? Uh, verse 10, uh, verse number 10. Good answer. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth. Notice all the grace that's been given by God. Here comes the reason. That God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. I want to close tonight on this next and last goal of grace, if we could. Notice the goal, verse number 11, the Bible says that God in all things may be glorified. This is the requirement of grace tonight. The requirement of grace. Not only am I to realize that I've been given it, but I have a responsibility to give it forward, but also I have a requirement to take the grace and glorify God with it. You know, these young people who have a gift of singing, they got up here and sang tonight. I can hear several of them singing. Boy, it's beautiful. Do you know what they were doing with the gift they were given? They were ministering to you and glorifying God. You see how that works? When you realize that God has given me, i got to quit doing that. God has given me so many gifts of grace, I'm going to minister with it. And in the ministering of it, guess what happens? You're glorifying God. You use that voice, you use that talent, you use that skill, whatever the gift. You say, well, what is my gift? I don't know. What has God gifted you with? What is the grace that God has given you? Now go minister with it, and in the ministering of it, you know what you're doing? You're glorifying God. Oh, can I tell you, there's nothing greater than that. You go, maybe you have a gift of baking, okay? If you have that gift, I'd like to be your friend. And boy, God's blessed you to have the world's greatest apple pie recipe. By the way, world's greatest brownies are almost ready. I've been taste testing. We're like on batch number six now. They're getting there. And boy, you've got the world's greatest apple pie recipe. And you go, boy, and you minister to people. Hey, can I just make you an apple pie? I promise you, you're going to be hard-pressed to find somebody that slams the door in your face. It's an apple pie and it's free. Why are you doing this? So, well, God's been good to me and God's blessed me with this uncanny ability to bake apple pies. And I want to give you one. You just glorified God. You see, that is the requirement that we are given by the grace of God. Your testimony, the testimony of what you do with what you've been given is what's ultimately going to glorify God. What does it mean to glorify God? It simply means to point to Him. To point to Him. Can I ask you tonight, how are you pointing to God in the gifts of grace that you've been given? How are you pointing to God? Can I, if I could be honest with you before we close, oftentimes in my life, when I am given grace, I, as the Bible says, oftentimes we consume it upon our own lust. Man, thank you. I've told you before, Leslie and I first got married and uh, had a tight budget and we're living off that tight budget and lo and behold, you go preach somewhere and somebody give you a $50 bill and we would say extra money. All right, never call it that. Never call it that. Sometimes God provides in advance. All right? 
And you're like, we got 50 extra dollars. Do you know what kind of damage you could do at Taco Bell with $50? <laughs> it's not a dollar menu anymore, but it used to be a dollar menu. I mean, we'd go in there and live like kings. Even get the little Cinnabon desserts, you know, because we could afford it then. And then all, on the way home, you get a blowout in your tire. The guy says, that'll be $50 to fix. Man. Realize, well, God had pro- provided that ahead of time. Can I ask you, what has God provided what he's given you? Your voice, your talent, your strength, your ability? What resources of grace has God given you? That what does he want you to do? He wants you to minister with them. And then he wants you to glorify God with it. Tonight, quick question. Do you have any goals for grace? God's given us a lot. He has shed his grace on us. What are your goals? How are you going to use what God's given you tonight? And I just pray you'll take this invitation time to reflect. Ask the Holy Spirit of God, show me what you want me to do with what you've given to me. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Let's stand together. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Our pianist is going to come tonight. Perhaps you need to start at the first goal, the goal of realization. As every man hath received, if you've received it tonight, 